0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Halal Cartels. And and uh we've taken a little bit of a break. I don't know why. 2 weeks off. <laughs> yeah. <Who knows>? Well, <laughs> you, it, I mean, I
1: guess it's the cats out of the bag. I just had two kids. My yeah, wife did. My wife the, had the two kids. The kids
0: are out. They're in public. They've they're they've they've breathed their first breath of air. Hell yeah. Yeah, congratulations, man. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah. You are now the uh, James Earl Jones of this yeah. podcast. Mr. Oh, Darth Vader.
1: Oh yeah. yeah, man. What a crazy experience that I could never be prepared for it. And that's what everyone said all the time. Like, you'll never be prepared. Nobody can do anything or say anything to prepare you. But it's real as hell. It's like the night before I went to Funhouse, we had a great time. And then I was like, all right, got to go. I'm having kids in like eight hours.
0: Yeah, you just uh ghosted at midnight. Yeah. It was know? like it was about to turn into a pumpkin. Yeah, a pop a pumpkin.
1: Yes, yeah, so I went the next morning we got there. They delayed us for a while. You know, the waiting is crazy and then we did the damn thing. But um it was insane to see them come out like all bloody and like covered in like weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Um they were both like shouting on their way out. Were, really? Yeah, so they were making noise? They were screaming and crying when they came out. Yeah. Um it was Just fascinating, because it was one after the other, and then they were put on different sides of the room in different bassinets while they were evaluating them. Yeah. And they were crying, and they synced up their cry in the exact same voice at the exact same time. Their natural harmonies. (laughs) It was so (laughs) insane. Yeah, I literally felt like I was on drugs. I was like, this can't be real. This can't be real. They're doing, like,
0: boys-to-men duets.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So they were screaming,
0: literally in sync. Yeah, in sync. Yeah, color me bad.
1: (laughs) Color me bad. So they, uh, yeah, they were like, "Do you want to come see, or do you want to see your sons?" And I was like, "Sure." And I just stood up, and I, uh, I walked over to the bassinet. They put them together, and then they were like, "No, we were gonna bring them to you. Do not turn around and look at your wife right now. There's absolute carnage." Do not look back. <laughs> and, uh, so I'm like looking at my kids and like, trembling. I'm like, oh, I, uh, this
0: sounds biblical, by the way. When yeah. They're like, don't because that's what they told uh lot. Like, don't look, don't back, look back or your wife will turn <laughs> into a pillar of salt. It was like,
1: don't look back or you're going to pass out and break your head on the floor.
0: Yeah. Gorno. So, yeah, it was yeah. really
1: it was really crazy. I had to look down and stuff and, you know, re- just walk back. Um But it was amazing, man. I I never experienced anything like that in my life. I can't just can't imagine um, seeing anything more fascinating or amazing or yeah. But yeah. then you're like, oh shit, did I got to like feed you and clothe you and take care of you, and make sure you don't get like hurt and yeah, be there all and all that? That's like uh, an immediate. You're like, holy shit, I'm responsible for two people now. All day, yeah. yeah.
0: Right away, r- immediately, you felt that.
1: Yeah, immediately I was like, no harm should ever come to them. How can I protect them from everything? And so are you
0: now filled with the fear?
1: Yes, absolutely. Like, I like love them so much. They're a lot of work, you know, just like any, it's two kids, though. So sure. it's like we're trying to get them on the same schedule, and we've been really lucky so far, but it's a lot. I, never, I always thought parents were bullshitting when they said, oh, you don't know what it's like to have a newborn, it's insane. And it takes up all your time, and it's like, we'll be feeding them. But first, I'll, like, change their diaper. Then I'll be like, all right, it's time to eat. And then I'll start, like, feeding them a bottle. Or my wife will be, like, breastfeeding them. And uh, then I'll give them a bottle. That shit takes forever, right? Because they have tiny stomachs. Sure. And so they're just, like, pulling out a drop of breast milk at a time, and you're like, my man, you have been eating for one
0: full hour. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are you doing right now? Num,
1: and then num, a lot num, of the times
0: num. they'll fall asleep. Uh-huh, in the mi- in mid Yeah. mid suckle. Yeah, and
1: I'm like, wow, this really is my son. <laughs> 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 but um I'm just amazed at their ability to just sit there for an hour and do that. Uh-huh. And then they'll drink a bottle after to make up for whatever they couldn't pull out. And uh yeah, I just can't Handle it because I'm like, come on, you gotta be a little faster here. Like, this is an hour, bro. And then, uh, after an hour and a half goes by, I'm like, all right, I'm putting them to sleep. And then, two, not even two hours goes by, and they wake up raging pissed. They want more food, they want their diaper changed. So, it's like one and a half hour spurts in between where I'm like, all right, what the fuck am I gonna do now? All right, I gotta, uh and I'm just trying to figure it all out. Yeah. And then it's like on again. So, but I've been lucky. I've been getting some sleep at night. We have some help right now and so I'll get like a few hours at a time.
0: It takes a village, huh? It really takes a village, man. Yeah. That's the truth. So, uh what do you uh who's there? What who's part of the army? So, uh, right now, uh a team Indica and Sativa.
1: <laughs> <laughs> my uh my mother-in-law's there. Shout out to my mother-in-law. She's been great. She nice. was there for the birth, she was there since she's been there since, and so she helps us out during the day. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of the diapers, you know, I'll do them, but uh, it's really nice that she's willingly just like, I'll take them whenever.
0: Well, the diapers are supposed to be okay until they eat, uh, like they eat their first pollo, like pollo loco, <laughs> yeah, until come. they eat their first rotisserie chicken, like yeah. it's supposed to be all right, yeah, correct? It's Am not I, that bad, a... yeah,
1: it's really not that bad, but it just sucks because you're like, ah, he's. It's like shit. You put dropped a nuclear bomb in your diaper. It's like everywhere. Yeah.
0: and it's double trouble because yeah. you got. Are, do they sync up their dumps yet, or do they? Dude, do they do they dump um, asym like is it asymmetrical warfare? It's almost like-, like vindictive. They'll, they'll <laughs> both like
1: shit their pants and wake up crying. I'll be like, all right, let's go. And it's like F one racing where they're like putting new wheels on the car and stuff. I got it down to a system. Yeah. You know, like the pit stop kind of. And then they'll be like calm and they'll start eating. And then while they're eating, they'll both shit their pants at different times. And I'm like, dude, are you
0: serious? (laughs) I just cleaned your
1: diaper like three minutes ago. Okay. And then I've learned not to just like, but then they get uncomfortable and they're like, yo, I shit my pants. How are you going to do me like this? So I'm like, all right, let's go. And then I like change their diaper again and then like blow it up. Minutes later.
0: And you all didn't think about doing like a free, like a free poop thing, right? Where they can just walk around and put well, they can't walk <laughs> You know how some people oh my do that?
1: God. <laughs> like a free bleed? Yeah. But for poop?
0: Yeah. Uh no, yeah, man. Just, that would uh, be a
1: disaster.
0: Throw down some Dexter like plastic all over the all over the floors like it's gonna be a kill room. <laughs> like
1: American Psycho <laughs> Yeah. As of tarps down. Um no, they uh that would be horrible but also yeah it's just it's just a thing i got to do you know change these diapers it's fine though yeah so she's been volunteering to do a lot of it which is really helpful and then um yeah we have a night nanny coming at night who's really really seasoned she was like grizzled kind of in a way she's she's just to the point yeah and um but she's you know looked after all these celebrity babies and um
0: hell yeah yeah so she, she tells give us you the ce- celebrities' names
1: some of them yeah like yeah. some of them are musicians and she's uh, like
0: i took care of all of 311's first babies <laughs>
1: that's so funny um yeah it, she definitely she was the nanny for the arcade fire all of her no no fire. um I th- maybe i don't know which one of them has a kid or maybe they both do but uh yeah, she was the their nanny, and she would travel around and stuff. So she's, like, used to, like, posh shit, and I'm like, yo, oh, like, this is really, I'm not a posh guy, but I'll just pay your rate, because she's, they call her the baby whisperer. Like, she knows shit, man.
0: She breaks them, breaks these young Mustangs.
1: She gets them in a, on a good schedule. She gets them. She has a whole routine and everything she does with them. So like over the course of however many weeks she gets them to like sleep through the night. And that is the only way that I'll be able to live a life again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm
1: like, fuck it. It's an investment, you know. But it's nice to talk to her and Where's she from? Uh she's from Trinidad. But oh. she's lived in New York for like thirty years or something.
0: You know what? I hope uh you're paying her extra to make sure that they speak with the Trinidadian accent. <laughs> I'm like you got to have two Russell Peters babies to grow I, up and become like world traveling performers. I, I show her Chet
1: Hayes clips. So I'm like, hey. <laughs> like Adrian, you remember White Boy Summer?
0: Uh, yeah, let's do that. Adrian Brody clips. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, dude. <laughs> uh, oh God, <laughs> what if you had two? Uh, like. Indian kids who dressed up like the island boy boys. I would lose my mind. I jokingly, I jokingly made that
1: joke a few weeks ago, and people started hitting me up like, How are the island boys? And I'm like, Please don't say that. There was a clip of those guys, and they were like, We're not from Indiana.
0: Who say that?
1: Like, we're from the island. Yeah, what, what island? Which island? <laughs> <laughs> Dave Chappelle and half Becky's like Jamaica man. Yeah, <laughs> down by the beach.
0: <laughs>
1: oh man, but yeah, it's like <clears throat> a love I've never um ever felt in my life, and yeah, it's definitely worried all the time. Like, anything like dangerous in this room? Fuck, I don't want anything to happen to my kids, and then an obsession now with getting things done i'm like climbing out of that two weeks postpartum thing where people report that they begin to like acknowledge their hands and legs again yeah it's like you come out of a coma almost yeah because you do everything instinctively when these kids are born you're just like all right i just have to do this now like i never really changed diapers before i gotta change a diaper now what the fuck how do i do this oh this is how you do it yeah, yeah. That's all I'm doing for,
0: like, 24 hours now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you want? do do duty. Yeah. I just, you know, dip, dipes all day long. Uh, yeah, man, because, you know, we don't have the villages raising the kids anymore. You got to do it all by yourself. Luckily, you got, like, a, like um, your mother-in-law, and you've got one uh, some help from a nanny. I was just thinking, I read this anecdote about a crazy horse, and there was this thing called um, milk kinship. That uh, some Native American peoples were into, and I can't remember where I saw it, but um, Crazy Horse, the the anecdote is that he was um, breastfed by all the women in his tribe, right? So like, yeah, he's got a mom, but then every other uh, elder woman in the tribe is was like his, you know, his aunt, you know, or uh, like a godmother almost, and then all of the older men were called like grandpa, right, grandfather, so uh it really created this um this uh, revolutionary kinship because mm-hmm. it's like you know he's he can't you can't sell out or disrespect any other member of your tribe because all of the women fed you and and gave you life and sustenance so like a radical departure from like the individuality we have today and like our idea of the nuclear family
1: right yeah and that's yeah. but that makes sense right how are you going to sell out and like fuck over your actual People you consider family. Yeah. I mean, people will still do it, certainly, but... Yeah. I'm, we've seen succession. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, yeah. Yeah, with with Crazy Horse, that sounds like a lot... Like, there's different tribes all over the world who do that. They have wet nurses for kids if their mom can't produce enough milk or whatever it is. And that's before the advent of formula, you know? So, it's like, how do would people survive? This is
0: just... Childbirth is very Darwinian and very... So this is a, a wild thing. I'm looking, I'm looking up the history of milk. They have a, uh, an exhibit about it at the uh, New York Historical Society right now. But milk, uh, so back in the day, you know, women, like not everybody was like horny to drink milk all the time like we are now. Like right. we're all milk gods. We can't get enough of it. But um, you would, uh, so like moms would, would breastfeed and their kids would have milk. And then out, outside of that, if you didn't live on a farm, you couldn't really get fresh milk. So it was like you had to be on a farm with the cows or you would get it from your mom. But women, uh, during the Industrial Revolution, the women started going to work. So if they're going to work, then they don't have the ability to breastfeed their kids. So now they need to get milk from cows brought to the cities because there's this dense population of women who can't can't breastfeed because they're like, At the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory. Right. Where the fires are happening. Right. Or today, the equivalent of today's Amazon factory warehouses. In Kentucky. (laughs) In Kentucky. And uh, so the only women that could have um, wet nurses, uh, or like rich women didn't want to breastfeed either. So then they would hire like poor women to be their wet nurses. Uh, And everyone else had to get this milk from uh, the farms outside of New York. But on its way from the farm to the city, there's a million things that could go wrong because, like, the, the container could be um, not sterile, so you'd get like bacteria in there, and the milk would go rancid, or uh, refrigeration wasn't proper, so like all that fresh milk would would curdle on its way to the city. But these guys uh, who were like the milk transporters, they still had to make their nut, so they're like, all right, well, I guess we're gonna cut this with chalk. We're going to like put some uh, white paint in here. We're going to fucking sweeten it with some sugar. We're going to basically lace it with whatever that fentanyl of the day was. So mad people in the city would die from drinking adulterated milk up until like the 1910s. Oh, my (laughs) God. Milk was like the most dangerous thing you could drink in the city. And people were still, they needed it. They needed it. Yeah. Wow. So milk is modern day Coke, basically. All them kids. Yeah. Yeah. Liquid, liquid Coke. White gold. (laughs) White gold. Wow. Milky boys. I had no idea. That's one of the first things that the FDA did was like help uh, clean up the milk situation.
1: Yeah, because then it would inspire people to not drink milk inevitably. And then that whole industry would collapse. It's like (laughs) they only did it because they were like, oh, let's just protect big milk. Yeah. From marauders and people adulterating it with fentanyl or something
0: but like whenever like we go harken back to this libertarians always try to harken back to like some pre-regulation utopia Uh, what was life like before we regulated things Uh, even just a hundred like less uh, about a hundred years ago people were just drinking adulterated gross poisoning milk that was like full of lead flakes and uh, paint
1: (laughs) they're like pull yourself up by your bootstraps bro (laughs) Get yeah. a lead paint chip testing kit <laughs> and pour your milk in the strips and see if there's any lead in there. Yeah, man. Like, you, oh, how many testing strips do I need for my milk? At least fifty to sixty. There's sure,
0: there could be all types of shit in there. Dude, what if that was the thing instead of the government providing like an FDA for the milk, uh, they just like handed out testing strips and they were like, "It's on you to test it."
1: Yeah, I mean the FDA is dickless and complete like bullshit too
0: yeah well yes because i've been been, watching
1: um yeah i've been watching the sackler show the dope sick on hulu yeah really good and you know they show the fda just having been duped by these shitheads
0: and their names are on all museums all over the world and they are trash so anytime you see the sackler name realize that they gave a lot of money to that cultural institution to whitewash their blood-soaked Uh, Names. Yeah, they're horrible
1: people. I'm surprised all the time that somebody didn't just go rogue and just gun them down. Because so many people's families were victimized by Oxycontin. Yeah. Yeah, and the way the Sacklers made people prescribe it willy-nilly, knowing that it could hook people like crazy, and then it just stole people away from families. It's like a fucking, like, I mean, sort of like, The Sacklers were cult leaders almost, right? But to the point where everyone died. They were like the Jim Jones. (laughs) You know what I mean? Big Pharma's Jim Jones. Yeah, because everyone was getting fucked up and dying or doing insane things, destroying families. Yeah. And nobody's just been like, all right, fine. If the law's not going to do anything.
0: Street justice. Right.
1: I mean, I wouldn't be bummed. I'm not, like, suggesting someone do it, but I am surprised that no one has, like, What do you do at some point when you can't get any justice for, like, what happened? When
0: someone's above the law.
1: Yeah, which is a lot of
0: people in this country. Yeah. I'm surprised. Who's out for justice? Steven Seagal? Because those are just both titles to his movies. We got to read this movie.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's just a warrior who goes
0: on a quest for justice for everyone. Puffed up, over the hill warrior who is coming out of his oxy addiction. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Steven Seagal yeah. getting revenge
0: because he had an oxy addiction and because he tried to break a brick with his hand we can cut to the uh, images of him when he was doing a keto in those videos and he's like seated and you can tell it's all staged and he just has uh, young men attack him and he like slowly <laughs> makes them roll Oh, I don't yeah. know if you've watched that. I th- love these it. videos of It's him. amazing. It looks like he's been to IHOP and had like two orders of full stack pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, his stomach
1: is like blown out and he's just like yeah. in a chair and they're just rushing at him like, but yeah. in a manageable way and, and he's sliding them off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Dude, he 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 looks like uh, Brando in like Island of Doctor Moreau Arrow Brando, just like real th- uh, thick boy. <laughs> yeah, just, hell yeah. Uh, out of shape, just like batting these dudes away, and you can, and they're being paid for it, right? Yeah, and they're doing like impressive tumbles after he <laughs> <sliding,
1: laughs> <laughs> slides his hand on their shirt, and they do an impressive tumble. But he's tight with Putin, for sure. My, and uh, Putin has a video where he's doing judo with like dummies. And he's just, like, flipping them around and stuff and going off on them. But who's going to challenge him and, like, trip him and, like, put, like, a fist in his chest or whatever? He's not going to. Yeah. So it's, like, every time a world leader or a autocrat or whatever the fuck, like, oppressive freak that leads a country does a show of weird force like that with subordinates i'm like that is the most dickless thing <laughs> I've ever seen. that's
0: like i uh, remember i think i watched this documentary called idi amin dada about <laughs> oh, Idi Amin, oh, yeah. and he's um he's got his his soldiers racing in a pool and then he just does a cannonball in the pool and swims diagonally and cuts them all off and then like swims to the front and he's like i win and it's like <laughs> the minute that he got in the pool they all just stopped yeah they're like yeah, dog paddling.
1: <laughs> Man, I love it. Oh, before we get off the subject of baby things, I wanted to read one thing. An active listener, a homie of mine, uh, up in Maine, John Chaplin. He said, "Dude, the dominant baby prison yard riff was so funny." <laughs> so look for that from the previous episode. We uh, we talked about the prison yard. Uh, for babies
0: Yeah man You gotta do some of this uh, dis- Disappearing twin uh, Prison yard baby stuff uh, At the next funhouse. I will Tomorrow Fun- night Yeah funhouse is every Wednesday And it's at, always at 10pm And it's at Pete's Candy Store okay. So you can check us out there Every Wednesday
1: I'm excited to return tomorrow um, And talk about that
0: Yeah dude It's gonna be great As long as we're doing live shows We'll see We'll see how long <laughs> We'll see how long that <laughs> continues um, Wow well, I was uh scrolling through Twitter while you were having a kid. I don't know if you caught up with the uh the throat goat saga It was amazing you did da- uh, <laughs> yeah. really? I texted you the moment I saw that
1: it I lost my mind. I thought you were kidding yeah, so sure enough, I went on the app and I see that it was trending for real, and uh I just was shocked, and I still have not had a chance to look into it, yeah so I thought it was. A troll move, but was there some substance? To okay,
0: it? so here's what, here's how. Let's break it down. There's a trad Twitter personality named Classically Abby. Yep. And Classically Abby, she posted uh, two images side by side. One of Madonna at 63, looking like a hot, like a snack. Yes. Just on the bed, all thighs. Uh, you know, nice little S and M type outfit. And then, and and she's like, this is. Who would you re- like? Kind of like, who would you rather be at sixty three? Madonna, and then next to it was a photo of Nancy Reagan, surrounded by her family at sixty two, looking frumpy and dowdy, and then the internet went crazy and started posting like, "Hey man, uh, Nancy Reagan was actually a huge uh, blowjob queen um, <laughs> on the MGM set." Here, here are the receipts. And like, you know, there's people who published memoirs and named names and talk about her. And, you know, this is not to slut shame. Uh, In fact, in some ways, this is me thinking, wow, she was really cool at one point. Like um, when Harvey Dent in uh, Batman says Dark Knight, he says, "Uh, sometimes a hero lives so long that they become a monster, right? I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. But Nancy Reagan was cool and then became... Uh, the, uh, the monster wife of a snitch, arch-conservative, racist, Ronald Reagan. Yeah,
1: who so. died in adult pampers, <laughs> like he should have.
0: From Alzheimer's. Yeah. yeah. But, and that's uh,
1: not to say, like, I love Alzheimer's or something, but I really like it for him.
0: Yeah, but it's okay when bad. It's really, it's fine when bad things happen to bad That's people. who they should happen to. Yeah. yeah, not like the yeah. fucking nice person who gets it. <laughs> And it's like, uh, yeah, dude, Madonna is a uh, kind of a role model for uh, just being forever young. Hell yeah. You know, you're only as young as you, you're only as old as you feel. And uh, she's looking great at 63. And um, Nancy is a total hypocrite who sold out her friends who had AIDS, who were were like, you know, all these um, whole generation of gay men who died um, from HIV and AIDS when she had the ear of the president and could have helped um, all those people. Yeah. Speed up some sort of medical treatments.
1: Right. Yeah. That, that she was such a horrible person too. She was in charge of so many disgusting initiatives. I feel like,
0: the whole throat goat thing is just so hilarious
1: to me now. That it's I, literally the back be- It's like true. the
0: only cool thing about her was that she gave relaxing neck on the daily. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man, I wonder if she stopped when she got with Ronald Reagan. She was like, "That's the old me."
0: Yeah, maybe she sucked the brain cells out of his dick. <laughs> she sucked his soul out. Turned his brain to mush faster. Yeah, maybe that was it. Yeah, and then now what's hilarious is everybody posting pictures of her with different celebrities, and uh, you're like, oh, shit, what, what's up, Frank Sinatra? What's up, Mr. T? What's up, Alf? <laughs> Mr. T! Alf! <laughs> <laughs> if
1: she sucked Alf off, I'm, that's it for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know,
0: even the, the puppeteers all need some love, too. Right, but imagine
1: <laughs> she's like, I won't do it to the puppeteer himself. I'm doing it to Alf only. Uh, he had to watch her blow elf, and he's like, come on! It's a puppet! Boo! <laughs> Amazing, man. I can't believe that's real. I love the internet at times.
0: So that's funny that for a little while, you could Google Nancy Reagan's name, search, and then it would autocomplete to Throat Goat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, what what a shit legacy, time. too. Yeah, Because it's like, she didn't die a Throat Goat. She was a Throat Goat. And then died a monster.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I hope wherever she's at, uh, she can read a Twitter feed.
1: Right in a hell. That's uh-huh. like broadcast. It's just like, <laughs> by the way, we wanted to show you this. You're trending on Twitter. Yeah, for bad shit.
0: Well, because there's also images of her in like a SWAT team tank, you know, uh, busting down a door in South Central during the war on drugs. Oh yeah. So her favorite war. Yeah, she loved it. So anyway, rest in piss.
1: Big yeah. dumb. I'm grave Bro-go. dancing for sure.
0: Mhm. Slavery is back. Slavery's back. Can wow. you believe it? It's happening.
1: Honestly, I can believe it. Sure. I'm not going to say I can't.
0: Yeah, people think it ended in like 1865 or whatever, but it's it's still here.
1: Elaborate. it, I'm not, it exists all over the world. It but. exists
0: all over the world, but it also exists here in the United States. Shout-outs to Georgia for making for bringing slavery back into the news so there's uh, this is from nbc news like two dozen people were indicted in georgia last month on charges of smuggling mexican and central american migrants into the united states and forcing them to live in camps and work on farms in uh basically in modern-day slavery so they're working on farms like uh, picking onions and i guess technically they're making 20 cents an hour but Come on, man. That's slavery. Yeah. Yeah. They're like,
1: uh, yeah. So it costs you 32 G's to get here from us smuggling you in. So at 20 cents an hour, that's a lifetime of slavery.
0: Mm -hmm. And there's this thing called uh, the H2A visa, which is like a temporary work visa for um, migrant workers to come here and work agriculturally. Mm -hmm. But these, like, um, these temporary uh, work visas, are there's no way to, like, enforce worker protection. So, like, if you're a poor and you live in a a village and you get one of these H-2A visas, they're like, all right, cool, we're going to send you. You can work on this farm. And then once you get to that farm, you're, like, totally isolated. There's no way that you can complain about the work conditions. Uh, If you try to do anything, you'll immediately get deported. So... They're basically, the United States government is kind of incentivizing temporary slavery. (laughs) (laughs) As they do. By importing people who then cannot really advocate for themselves and have no recourse if any exploitation occurs.
1: Yeah, that's classic United States government. They're like, look, we're going to deny pretty much all of you that have a valid case for why you're seeking asylum here and we'll leave you in Mexico until we get to your case number. Yeah. And then they're like, but a uh, bunch of you can come through on this visa and be exploited and turned into slaves.
0: Yes. So, <laughs> it's like, so uh, under Biden, still got the kids in cages, mm-hmm. still got uh, Haitians at the border getting whipped by um, ICE agents on horseback, people working in uh, camps all over the country picking onions and uh, fruits and vegetables uh, under extremely exploitive conditions.
1: Yeah, Biden administration loves to pass new uh, bills where it's like, no, in parentheses, or not as many, in parentheses, (laughs) kids in cages. (laughs) (laughs) And then they're like, all right, so there's more kids in cages. (laughs) Like, nobody's tracking right now.
0: No, everybody's happy right now. Everybody's excited. So that's like a ray of, not a ray of sunshine, but something that I felt like uh, we needed to bring up.
1: Yeah, Big Ten. You can tell we're slightly rusty here because we normally go from topic to topic. But I will say, um, you actually you messaged me about something. Oh, the fucking Hawaii,
0: dude! I can't. We can't go back to Oahu for <laughs> a halal cartel's vacation now that seventy percent of the water supply. Is be, has been contaminated by the Red Hill Naval Base. So uh, I don't know if you heard about this news, but it's barely in the press, and um, there was uh, all this jet fuel contaminating the major aquifer on the island of Oahu. You're kidding me. Nah, man. So this is a big deal, right? Because at first, the news was framing it as um, military families were put at risk by the contaminated water. Right. But, you know, that is just the smallest percentage of the people on the island. It's like 100,000 people on the island who are affected uh, and their water supply is being contaminated.
1: I saw some of them on TV. Yeah. And they were speaking, you know, one by one, talking about their experience, and their kids were getting sick. Their, like, babies were getting sick, and the Navy was covering it up.
0: Yeah, they they denied it for a while, and they're, yeah, they're, they're like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> yeah, they're, they're just like, gaslighting people. They're
1: like, cool, what? Literally gaslighting.
0: It's like it. It's a. It's kind of like a water Chernobyl, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's a big deal, right? It's like a whole island, and uh, the aquifers are, you know, the that water is life. Dude, and-
1: yeah, big time. And to <laughs> the Hawaiian people, it's life. Like, it's yeah. like a fucking island, man. That's how they subsist. There are no four legged creatures on that on those islands
0: sure where are they gonna get fresh water they're gonna have to import water from from where where
1: yeah that's a fucking nightmare i have so much love for that place that it really hurts me to like hear that
0: yeah we've talked about the island on uh, other episodes but yeah. it is uh yeah it's a it's a colonized land that could that uh should have its own sovereign autonomy as a nation but if not that at least get sort of the, the protections of being a uh, part of the United States, right. since it is a state. Um, but it doesn't. But it's really being exploited by the by the military bases yeah. that are all over it.
1: And they love it because it's a far reach, so they can scramble from there.
0: Yeah, and I was watching some videos. Uh, the Abby Martin put out some videos. She does um, the Empire Files, but she really not only brought up that uh, this is happening at the Red Hill military base. But um, we have even a little bit of insight into what's happening because it is a state. But we've got military bases all over the world that are polluting and, like, poisoning the land around them everywhere. And we never hear about it because those bases aren't on U.S. soil.
1: Right. They're in, like, Cuba. <laughs>
0: right remember so what's when going Obama on with, the, going on with gonna, the water at guantanamo bay
1: he's gonna get rid of guantanamo bay and he's like actually, on second thought no no thank you yeah i think we're gonna keep
0: it dude there were there's like a there was a like a new york times puff piece on um on uh what what to do in guantanamo bay you know, are the torture the black site torturers aren't? You know, that's not all they do all day. They've got to go to the McDonald's on Guantanamo Bay as well, and they've got a movie theater. There's a bowling alley. <laughs> After <laughs> There's
1: a, so much suffering, and yeah. then guys like, hey, I'm gonna check out a uh, Home Alone. And they're replaying it at the theater. It's yeah. three twenty five.
0: After a hard day of enhanced interrogation on people that we haven't tried with any crimes, <laughs> yeah, we've never even given them the day in court yet. Yeah, who are going to be he- stuck here incarcerated in perpetuity? Yeah, uh, we like to go off and watch the Big Lebowski. Yeah, you know, it sucks, man. I have reckon. a friend. I have a good <laughs> friend
1: who is a guard there, and we really have never talked about it. I think it was terrible for him, and. I mean,
0: <laughs> did i just say that
1: did i just say that he yeah. was in the military and they had stationed him there yeah and um yeah i love how i'm like i hope he's doing all right <laughs> <laughs> jesus but uh yeah he's not like that at all and uh, i just am sh- i that was so long ago that i'm shocked that this place still exists especially after Obama obama's like, we're gonna take down Guantanamo. Oh, probably not the best thing we did Yeah, It's like It's still there
0: No It's uh, And it's gonna stay there We're never really Gonna give that up The United States Has been horny To take over Cuba For the last 150
1: years Whatever feds Listen to this podcast Are licking their lips Right now Like Envisioning both You and I In Guantanamo (laughs) (laughs) And the best part is There is a very High likelihood That there are Feds listening to this Yeah Just because of The history of them You know Surveilling my family and stuff. I don't. I don't know where it
0: begins and ends. We've never. Have we talked about that? Before? No, dude. We got to talk about so, it. tell me about like. Uh, so the FBI actually tapped your phone. Yes. And when was this?
1: I was in high school, and um, it, I mean this should be a whole episode, but I'll I'll just drop this part at least so that people understand. Dude, real. Feds
0: was my favorite magazine on the subway. Finally, every dimension of the streets. I don't know if you've ever read Feds Magazine. No, I never did. It is, uh, it's is—it's basically just like prison Polaroids uh, printed out in magazine format with uh, stories of iconic drug kingpins from New York City uh, in the pages. Oh, so my like, God. That's amazing. It goes amazing. through like all of the Harlem world dudes and like uh, Alpo and uh, Mitch and... Like all the guys that you that you see in um on like the Netflix documentary exactly like, yeah. yeah with yeah, recycled yeah. footage and shit. So uh, feds, it that's is like it's, it's like a prison magazine, but it's but they but they used to have it irregularly um at the stands that you in the kiosks like at Forty Second Street.
1: No doubt, really. Yeah, so oh, like, I can't believe we got to find somebody. If anyone's listening to this and you have a copy of it, please you take can him. go
0: Google feds because oh. there's an awesome documentary on it that's also like. Very homemade. Really? Yeah. It's like sometimes those are ill though. Yeah. It's it's
1: like like a guy with no teeth and it's like shot on like a SD camera. Yeah. (laughs) It's like them interviewing him on the street. He's like, Yeah, man, I used to be the man. It's always like dudes who are full you know they're full of shit. They're like always like centering themselves like in the world. Yeah. They're like, Man, I used to come up here. I used to be the biggest dealer on the block. Okay, Rick Ross was a little bit bigger than me, but I was like second size. They were like, no, dude, you're just like a random crackhead who remembers that things wrong, but it's nice to see you on this s d documentary
0: yeah man. here it is uh, fed's magazine documentary video ambrosia for heads ambrosia for heads that's really. like a hip hop uh what real real yeah, this is dope, so anyway, uh, you all can watch this documentary, Feds, but I thought of it because the feds fed yeah. we're we're tapping your phone, yeah, so. Like, you were Let a me campaign. set the
1: scene. It's crazy. So when I was a kid, there was um, paranoia about Muslims, for sure, pre-9-11. Why? So <laughs> the first 9-11 thing was, uh, was it? It was 9-11. Or not. Sorry. It was that shit. The chick. first World Trade Center thing was yeah. that, like, bomb or that dude. In
0: 1993. Yeah, he
1: tried. And yeah. they, like, got him. And he was, like, a slob. And they got him, though, I feel like. They got the guy or something. Yes. Or purport to have gotten the guy. After that, there was just this, um, okay, we got to follow these people closely, right? You know, currently we have a problem with the right, far-right nationalists, like Nazi, far-right, all those people. and White they're not, identity extremists. Exactly. And they're not taking them seriously, and they refuse to when they're the ones who are constantly doing terror attacks. But because this country is so fixated on being WWF style, it was very much pervasive in the zeitgeist and in general in law enforcement to uh, other people through like an Orientalist scope and see Arabs and Middle Easterners and Muslims in general as a threat. So, of course, they sent plants to our mosque and different people to surveil and what have you and do their usual bullshit where they try and entrap people and and ensnare them in dumb shit. And they prey on people who are weak of mind and who are kind of loners and
0: whatever it may be. So let's pause for a second right there because what you're saying is actually there was an FBI agent, and I've got to get the article. Yeah. We can talk about it in another episode. But this guy was basically um, talking. He he was talking about the FBI's methods and they and Homeland Security. Basically, they have to... Well, this is pre-9-11. But after 9-11, Homeland Security would... They needed stats like mm-hmm. cops need to justify their job by arresting people. So if there are no villains, they make they create the villains to then justify their existence. This so is absolutely they, true. So they would find like soft, uh, soft-minded or highly impressionable um, youth at in these mosques and adults. Yeah, and they would uh, they would entrap them. They would 100%. Like, get them to commit a crime and then arrest them. And then be like, "See, we caught a terrorist,
1: dude." So there's a there's so many things about this. There are numerous documentaries. There's a couple of like um, feature films that sort of broach the subject matter. One of the uh, podcasts that talks about it is This American Life. A long time ago, did an episode on Chris Christie, and basically after 9-11, Chris Christie had his sights set on being the next president, and because he wasn't in New York, he made a big deal about having watched it from New Jersey. And Chris Christie immediately, as a U.S. attorney, went on the offensive and was in cahoots with the FBI and basically entrapped a non-Muslim Indian guy who was actually demented, I guess. He had, like, dementia. And he got him entrapped in this scheme and sent this fool to prison. And it was all in order to up his stats of look at how many quote-unquote terrorists I'm locking away. The episode is really crazy. The guy's name was Himant Lakani. Yes. So, yeah, check that episode out. This whole thing, though, was a whole culture back then, right? So my parents would always tell me, don't get involved in talking about anti-government stuff. Don't ever rabble-rouse. Don't do anything. Don't say anything bad. Uh, they're listening. I'm certain that they're listening. They're sending people to the mosque. They're trying to shake things up at other communities. They're locking away children like just teenagers for entrapping them, all this stuff, you know? And uh, don't fuck around. And I was listening to punk. I was getting super into punk music. Of course, I was getting into like craft or not sure. even craft. So you were just the
0: singing uh, Dead Kennedys lyrics, yeah, out exactly.
1: Dead Kennedys. I was like listening your, your to your best
0: Jello offre, like California, <laughs> yeah,
1: right? Yeah, I was loving it. And of course, I was like, i you trying to get
0: locked up. You trying to get locked up? Yeah,
1: there were it was so much tension. They didn't want me to look like a punk, act like a punk, go to these shows, any of that stuff. So the long and the short of it is, this entire time. I'm also chatting up girls, and my parents were traditional Muslims, right? And yeah. so they didn't want me dating. They were trying to keep me away from girls. They didn't want me talking to girls sure. on the phone. And so it's I had weird to. That, uh,
0: any, any religious order would not want you to talk to women. I know. It's like, <laughs> how do you make more people uh, to become followers of a faith? Is like, yo, raw dog. Yeah, exactly. As many women as possible. <laughs> yeah.
1: Grow in numbers. Yes. So they were always very vigilant. So I was one step ahead of them, and I would find clever ways of being able to talk to girls. And this is all going to a weird place. Mm-hmm. So basically, carrier pigeon. No, no, I would, I would go on instant messenger on AOL. We yes. had dial up at the time. This was before broadband internet. Mm-hmm. I would message them and be like, "Call my phone number in five minutes." I would sign off the computer, and then I would call the movie telephone line and listen to the showtimes until they call waiting cell beeped in, right? And that way my parents would never hear the phone ring, and I could talk to them while my parents were asleep or whatever. It stopped working all of a sudden. I couldn't, and then it stopped working in general. Like for my parents, you can't flip over to the other call that's coming in.
0: So then I'm like, who
1: the fuck's listening? Because that's what would prevent it, right? You have yeah. an open line upstairs or wherever. I was like my parents are listening to me. So I'd always be like, get off. the, I'm on the phone. And I would walk down. This was now we had like one of those portable phones. It was a big deal. Yeah. It had like a huge thick metal antenna. So <laughs> I'd walk down the stairs with that and like look for my parents. And they'd be watching an Indian movie on the couch. And sure, be they like, love it. Uh, what? So they're not on the phone. Why can't I flip over or whatever? Well, I began to get paranoid and be like, maybe they're listening. And my parents start getting paranoid about it because they're dealing with all these weird coincidental things. Meanwhile, the FBI is pressuring my dad to relinquish information on one of his clients. And it wasn't even like anything sketchy. It was just like financial shit. Yeah. And, um my dad is representing the guy and so why the fuck would he give information about him to the fbi you know what i mean my dad could lose his license to practice yeah so my dad's like go fuck yourself so they keep coming back to the point where my mom and dad called them the cousins as like code. they'd be like cousins are here right and so they would come back every Month or every few weeks, or whatever, just another thing trying to squeeze like shit out of my dad. And my dad's like, I'm a lawyer, you fucking idiots. Uh, also, you're literally looking at the wrong guy. This guy is not even religious, he is just like a rich dude, whatever. So, anyways, years go by after that. I come home one day from college. This is pre Patriot Act, and uh, my dad just slaps a letter on the table. And he's like, what did I tell you? And I'm like, what? And I look, and it's a court order that they sent to us that informed us that our phone was being wiretapped for years without our knowledge. And it was part of a quote-unquote ongoing investigation. And they, they had to legally disclose that they wiretapped us because it wasn't like Patriot Act. Yeah. And so we had to see the judge's court order and they sent it to us because the quote-unquote investigation was closed. So now I'm in the process of doing a FOIA request because they were listening to me talk about my acid trips and like playing video games with my friends and like listening to me like hit on girls and shit. Yeah. And they were listening to my mom talk about like Indian recipes and charity.
0: Just like, and you're having like the most banal conversation. You're like, like, I smoked swag Did you guys watch the latest Beavis and Butthead yesterday? Oh my God. I can't believe Tony ate all my Gino's pizza rolls at lunch. (laughs) my jinko jeans got so soaked yesterday during the acid trip it rained outside and (laughs) (laughs) you know how capillary action works it was a little puddle but it soaked all the way up to my knees
1: yeah yeah man so i mean there's so much more to it i'm I'm writing a full feature about it i've been in the process of writing this for four years now three and a half years i even took a screenwriting class with like a really good uh screenwriter who's had a few movies made um i'm like on the verge of finishing it it's my dream to do it now that i have these kids do it reawoke that but yeah the whole story is in there it's just so insane because if you think something's happening yeah don't ever go against your gut it's happening I I just thought it was too grandois to think, like, why the fuck would these people want anything to do with me or my family? Yeah. But they were just blanket surveilling people in general.
0: Well, they're not. And trying to make a
1: case against whoever they could with, like, the weirdest bullshit. They're like, well, look at this kid. He likes punk music. He wants to blow stuff up.
0: It's like none of these people are heroes. They are nine to five hacks. Yeah. And so, you know, they just they have to justify their existence. And they're going to cast a wide net. Yeah. You know? And once they have their eyes on you, it doesn't matter whether you're guilty or innocent. It's like you're seen. And now that you're seen, any trip up is uh, suspicious.
1: Right. But also the dualistic nature of how I lived my life then was so cataclysmic. It could have gotten me wrapped up in some shit because I was always trying to stay ahead of my parents and do bad teenager shit. My parents were super strict. I lived a bit of a double life, you know, Mm -hmm. nothing criminal or bad or whatever. But, you know, when I listened to Serial Podcast, the original one about Adnan, I don't know if you ever listened to that.
0: Uh, A couple episodes. Yeah, related to it
1: big time because I was like, I mean, the jury is out on whether or not he did it and the likelihood is he had something to do with it. But the setup for it was really freakish because we're the same age ish and we were living a similar kind of life dating when our parents didn't want us to making up lies in order to get out of the house and just do regular kid shit yeah and so i was so horrified of my parents um catching me even dating that i'm sure they could have corralled me into some shit that was self-incriminating if they ever stepped away from behind the curtain and we're like all right kid you're fucked now like, you know I just
0: imagine that they have like a a 30 year old fbi agent who's in their 21 jump street program and <laughs> she just shows up at your house where it with like a whale tail and like low-rise jeans yeah uh, and a britney spears t-shirt on and she and she's like hey so uh, I was just drawing some pictures about blowing up buildings. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how do you feel about that? And you're like, they know cool. my weakness
1: is That's pie. cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm like, goddamn, girl. Yeah. Whatever we got to do.
0: Uh, do you think we could just smoke some weed and drive around and maybe like, yeah, listen to Rage Against the Machine and like, tell me how angry you are.
1: <laughs> Man, fuck you, feds. <laughs> you could have got me. They you could have had me.
0: Yeah. Uh. Oh, Uh, Shout-outs to uh, the guy's name is Terry uh, Albury. Terry Albury um, is the topic of a New York Times article called I Helped Destroy People. Yes. And he was the FBI agent that uh, became so disillusioned with the war on terror that he leaked classified documents and went to prison.
1: Yes, and they were fucking horny to throw him in prison because he talked about how they actually weren't doing justice and they were setting people up in order to meet quotas and numbers and justify their bullshit
0: and uh i'm a huge fan of anybody that leaks documents it is not snitching when you tell on the man yeah you know and when
1: you tell about injustice and criminal ass shit that they're doing just because they claim that they're in charge of shit doesn't mean that they're fucking uh don't have to follow the rules
0: and it's it's interesting because so terry albrey he's a, a black man yep. so this is a big deal because the fbi is uh just super square and for a long period of time, especially during JF J. Edgar Hoover's reign, it was like real racist and they just 100%. wanted like the most corn fed, like vitamin whole D milk white people yep. to be there. It was all dudes. So this guy, he uh, Terry Alber he um he came from like a radical family in uh San Francisco, Bay Area, and then He got, like, I guess, man, he got into the FBI because he wanted to, like, stop sex crimes from happening. It's exactly it. Which is, dude, uh, if you want sex crimes to stop happening, just get rid of the Catholic Church. And And Hollywood. And Hollywood. (laughs) Like, it's not not that serious, right? Like, we already, it's in plain sight who's actually doing it. And it's uh, anybody that makes movies starring children. Yeah. So, like, get rid of, ban child actors, and you'll get rid of that. And uh, get rid of the church, and you'll get rid of that. Um, but so he got into it because he thought he was going to stop like uh, sex crimes against kids. Mm-hmm. And then nine eleven happened. Then the incentive moved entirely away from um, child trafficking or sex trafficking to the uh, war on terror. Yep. And because he was black, uh, he could go into spaces that you know white FBI agents would be mad sus. You know, so he could go to the mosques. Yeah, and um, and the incentive structure was there, uh, for him to just keep getting deeper and deeper into this, uh, area of being kind of like a deep cover, uh, entrapment guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know, it, I feel like it is a little bit of like a frog in the water, as it, you know, it it doesn't boil right away; it heats up a little bit. Yeah, so it's like a slippery slide into like this murky, amoral lifestyle once you, or job once you, once you start, you know? And he finally, he broke out of it. He snitched and he ended up paying the price. He's a hero for a blowing whistle.
1: 100%. Um, and he did his time. And yeah. Um, yeah, I commend that guy on that for sure. Cause fuck the feds. Yeah.
0: That's right. Yeah. I like whistleblowers. There's another one. Well, Julian Assange. <laughs> <laughs> And then there's Daniel Hale. Yeah, Daniel Hale leaked information about U.S. drone warfare, and he was in the military, and oh, yeah. he, he spent uh, 45 months in prison, or is still in prison right now for that. This is pretty recent. But uh, he's a hero for um, basically uh, <laughs> telling us that the drone programs don't work, and like they're just really good at blowing up weddings.
1: Yeah, and they just blew up a Syrian family last week.
0: Yeah, and and there's
1: th- footage of it because they had the camera in their car.
0: Mm-hmm. And that happened in Afghanistan a couple weeks ago. Our drones blew up a bunch of kids.
1: And they denied it. Yeah,
0: under Biden. Yeah. So. And then they were like,
1: "Okay, so we did."
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that. Uh,
1: they go like, "Absolutely not. We did not do that."
0: Uh, the smaller the body is, the more it, we think it's a suspected terrorist. We really. <laughs> yeah, <that's-
1: laughs> Our machines are just basically picking up anyone under three feet tall. Yeah,
0: and we're like, get that one.
1: It's they thought it was a surgical way of waging war, but it mm-hmm. has collateral damage for sure. And they keep losing track of these fucking people because they're using satellites and there's a, a guy eating Doritos losing track of them. They're like, yeah, yeah no, it's that white car.
0: Yeah, man. And uh, if anything, uh, it would make me it. It's the fastest way to radicalize people is sure. to have uh, floating robots just zapping their children. Yeah, From a uh, hundred miles away. Kill
1: someone's children and see if they don't fucking want to cre- You'd fucking <laughs> suck your dick in a hornet's nest.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, on that note. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're back, baby. Yeah. We're hey, back. man. Welcome to Whole All Cartels. We love doing this. Uh, we love talking about uh, whistleblowers, the FBI, climate change. Uh, we didn't even talk about the tornadoes. But yeah. maybe next time, really well. you know, uh, thoughts and prayers going out to everybody in Oahu. And, um, you know, hopefully uh, the Red Hill base gets closed. Yeah, man. Yeah. And um, so congratulations again on your kids. Thanks, bro. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We're going to keep doing this, man. I'm really excited. And we're going to take this thing to Great Heights now.
0: <laughs> I mean,
1: it's fucking at Great Heights, but I'm I'm loving it, man. I'm really happy to be back.
0: Yeah. You can find me at G A B E P A C 1 on Instagram.
1: And you can find me at S A M E E R M O N on Instagram and Twitter.
0: Yep. And this is Hello Cartels. And now, uh, guiding us out, the smooth, central beats of the one and only, Seren Patel. Right privilege. privilege.